0: I am on, do you see it yet?
1: I do. Man, we look good.
0: I know, right? (laughs) Cool. All right. So, hello everyone, whoever's watching. I'm not really looking to see who's watching because I'll get distracted because I'm a creative. But if you're watching or if you're watching a replay, welcome to Wednesday at noon. where uh, for the first time, actually, I'm streaming live with my Zen master. uh, (laughs) I would just call him that for now, my Zen master, Scott Perry. Um, And I'll have him introduce himself to you. But um, here's kind of how this was started, everybody. It was that um, I have been receiving some just fantastic coaching from Scott um, over the last year, a little over a year, maybe. in in, you know, in total, and uh, I have learned so much from Scott. And sometimes, just recently on our on our calls, we've been talking about um, you know just some some topics around culture and ethnicity. And I think we both were sort of like you know, this is the kind of model that people need to see around how to have these conversations and how to broaden the conversation uh, around how we process. Um, how we think about issues of race and culture. So we said, why don't we just do it live on Facebook? So um, we're going to hang out for about half an hour or so, and um, you're welcome to join in, but I'm just going to ask Scott some questions, and we don't know where it's going to go, but it'll certainly be a good time together. So Scott, how are you today?
1: I am perfect in every way, and you know this to be true, and Yeah. So when you're with the right people, you always end up somewhere great. Even you know it's better to get the right people on the bus and then decide where to go than to set a destin destination and then to get the wrong people on the bus. Right. So yes, always a pleasure, and I appreciate all of your, your kind words, uh, Nikki, about our relationship as coach and coachee. But I learn far from. Far more from you in all those sessions uh than you learned from me so um thanks for paying me to uh learn
0: <laughs> additional check is in the mail yeah 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 <laughs> um and
1: yeah i'm so you know i'm so interested and proud of the work that you do and you know when we were when current events were bleeding into our you know coaching conversations um you, I was learning so much, and they were so rich, and it just—it felt like we should be having conversations like that out loud and in public, where other people that look like me can see them, and other people that look like you can see them, because this is how I think ultimately we're going to make things better. This, we're not going to legislate our way to a solution here because we've tried that, yeah, a couple of different times, and yeah. it hasn't succeeded yet. What's, you know, this is this is change that happens. Connection by connection, conversation by conversation, and sometimes those conversations are going to be difficult. But as long as we are direct and respectful, mm. and you know have the intent to make things better, I think mm-hmm. we'll all be better and better off um, in the end. So I'm just uh, I'm profoundly grateful for you, the work you do, and for your friendship, and just you know for the opportunity to spend some time with you here today.
0: Well, that's so awesome. Thank you for your kind words. Mm-hmm. Can you just take a couple of minutes and explain to people that will be watching about the work that you do and what you care about?
1: Sure. So I always start off that I am Scott Perry, husband, father, teacher, and musician from Floyd, Virginia. It's a very small rural community in Southwestern Virginia, um, but I've lived many places, um, most of them much bigger than Floyd, Virginia. Um, but for the last 20 or so years, you know, my wife and I raised our boys here, and, Owned and operated a small farm um, but now in you know now that we're empty nesters I find myself as a member of the head coach team for Seth Godin's akimbo workshops which is where you and I first collided and um, I also had this enterprise called creative on purpose and creative on purpose is just a site whose mission is to is that everyone is entitled to and can explore their potential and deliver on their promise through endeavors that make a difference work done with and for other people that seeks to make things better for all concerned and so we have a blog and a broadcast and a community and a coaching program but it's all that to this idea of making things better together through endeavors that make a difference
0: Mm, that's awesome you should run for president
1: (laughs) (laughs) i am not that bright but i am a little bit bright enough to not want that job
0: I was gonna say I'd vote for that platform man how can we endeavor better together like yes
1: well yes. we do have a campaign it's called make America create again so
0: okay Google
1: that and you'll you'll find the t-shirt and the uh, yeah. and, and the movement
0: yeah I'm down with that well what I was sorry what I was telling you earlier today was um, in the in the midst of the the 85 things I've learned from you Um, One of them is, I feel like you are a master of process um, and a master of honing in to ask the right question um, when it comes to how we look at our work, how we look at our creative projects, everything really that we're doing uh, in our life. And as I was thinking about our conversation today, I was wondering, um, and again, just even if, if people are watching, just know that like, Our conversation is not to say, hey, we've got all the answers to this and this and this. It's literally letting you into a process of people asking good questions about culture and ethnicity. So let let me just say that. But I was wondering, some of the same approaches that you take uh, to getting down to the the really good core solid question uh, of a problem or, a barrier or whatever it is. I'm wondering if some of those same processes and questions could be applied to how we talk about and think about culture right now. So let me give you an example. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: One of the things I love that you said that have been so helpful for me in my work is um, this concept of what is the, the smallest viable step, right? I've told this before, it's one of my favorite things because because I I lean into vision and big picture. Sometimes it's really challenging for me to to take this like this and whittle it down into. So now what? Right? What is the next step? Because that feels boring to me. Uh, (laughs) But it means that then I'll stay in the clouds, right? And not actually do something. So I'm wondering, even when it comes to let's start in our personal lives, right? Moving even just a step closer in maybe a more diverse expression of our lives, or even moving into the curiosity of culture as it relates to ethnicity or come from. I'm wondering if even a concept like the smallest viable step can be applied to something that feels big, like how do we fix this problem?
1: No, that's a great question. Um, and, and I think, yeah, we can definitely apply that principle. So the first thing that I think of is, you know, when we're talking about culture, you know, we're not talking about the culture because there is no the culture anymore. It's like not every, you know, it used to, when I was a boy, everybody knew who Walter Cronkite was and everybody watched Walter Cronkite. And now nobody knows who Walter Cronkite is and nobody's watching like one place, one new source, right? Where there, there's 1000s of them, and we're all scattered, finding the echo chamber of our choice, like, where can I confirm all my biases mm. and be with, you know, so, so what happens is, we define culture, we define each other by the culture that that we come from, and we define ourselves against or in, in opposition to the, you know, the differences. And that's really unfortunate because to your point, I think it's good to actually start kind of big picture. And I think the big picture is we're all human beings and we're all on this planet. Like right now we do have a global cultural issue, which is coronavirus. We we are all experiencing the same hardship at the same time. So, you know, there is this cultural moment globally around that. And then, but if we think big picture in terms of just basic human needs and impulses, I think every human being on the planet in, in their own words and in their own way wants to answer the questions. What does it mean to be human? And what does it mean to be happy? And mm. how do I be more of both? And mm. then we start thinking about how we're, we're going to get there. And so if we start with that vision mm. and we think about what makes humans, you know, humans, the three principles that I think are at the foundation of all of us are we're inherently social creatures that's Mm -hmm. that's biological and evolutionary we're not leaving that one behind we exist on this planet because we gather to solve the interesting problem of survival Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: that is how we survived to the next day and without becoming a saber-toothed Tigers lunch and it's how we came to think that we dominated the planet before coronavirus said not so fast Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we're also inherently we're creatures born with the capacity for reason, for you know consciousness. However you want to say, it. It doesn't mean we're always rational or reasonable, but we have that ability, and we have this inherent creative impulse. We we solve interesting problems through our social, rational, and creative instincts,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so we have this interesting problem that we have yet to solve, which is how can we all flourish and coexist. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really at the heart of it. What all we're trying to figure out is, you know, after centuries of having one culture do most of the flourishing while all Mm -hmm. the other cultures were marginalized and got what was left over, how, you know, can we change our minds? And instead of thinking in terms of the scarcity of resources or money or opportunity, but recognize that actually there's boundless, especially in this day and age,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's digital. We all have the same tools. We all have the answers to every question we could imagine in mm-hmm. our pocket. You know, in this moment of abundance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: can we start to think about the idea that your flourishing is boundless until it rubs up against somebody else's opportunity and, and right to flourish as well? Mm-hmm. and then we get to the smallest viable step like okay so if we're imagining if we can um, and I have some I want to talk about why I don't think we are yet but I think we can solve that problem but if we can agree that we want that I want to flourish that you want to flourish that y- you know men women gay straight queer whatever. All we want to do is flourish, and there's so much abundance we can all do that without trampling on each other's right mm. to do the same. And then it's how do we start stepping into those that possibility? And I think Nikki, it really starts just like we are. You mm. know, you you and I have had this conversation. I've been you know I I have this impulse to want to jump in and fix things, and when the world felt like it was on fire, I Like, had to have a friend say, Actually, Scott, the world doesn't need people that look like you telling them what to do right now. Mm. Maybe you should do a little homework. Maybe you should do a little listening. Mm. And so I spent the last, you know, month just to having conversations with people that don't look like me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: about what, you know, what is your experience? Because I. I you know I grew up as I I made a living as a blues musician it's not like I'm totally unaware of the black experience but even still even with the experiences that I've had being in bands with um, you know sometimes all black bands Mm -hmm. you know I didn't get it I didn't fully understand Mm -hmm. what my brothers and sisters in these bands were up against Mm. Um, so I think that's that part's really important but then at some point we have to let go of the outrage, and I think there's plenty of outrage to go around. I'm outraged by what what's happened to mm-hmm. um, to, to floor, you know, to all this. I mean, I, I can't mm-hmm. even name them all. Right. You know, right. I'm outraged too, but I'm not outraged in the same way that right. the people, you know, that are on the streets are outraged. Mm-hmm. But after w- we acknowledge that that outrage is pointing at a problem that we haven't yet solved. How can we start to have conversations, and how can we start to think about working together from the grassroots up yeah. to make change happen? Because if we want our politicians and our influencers and mm-hmm. um, you know the people that have power to do it, mm-hmm. it's not going to get fixed again, and we're going to be right back here sometime soon.
0: Sorry, that was a long rant. No, that that's oh, so many good, so many good things in there. Um, I want to press in on something if if you're willing Uh as you have been stepping back and listening uh has there been anything that you have heard that you felt like was new for you or you received it a different way um and and equally is there anything that just really challenged you that might be like "Mm, you know in my experience i'm just not sure like you know anything you're willing to share well i mean i'm
1: you know i i don't like seeing people get hurt i mean i don't i don't like seeing people that don't deserve it die just because mm-hmm. just because somebody can get away
2: mm-hmm.
1: with with killing them mm-hmm. um and i don't like to see you know rioters getting beat up by police and i don't like to see businesses getting destroyed by rioters and you know i i mean there's so much suffering already in the world why do we need to Mm -hmm. create more Mm um so you know my impulse is you know let's you know i think the hardest thing for me was to just recognize that outrage serves a purpose and even though it's Mm -hmm. really painful Mm-hmm. to watch I'm and painful to be a, a participant in. It's pointing, it's the level of outrage and the way it's manifesting points to the fact that we have a very serious problem that we have not fully ever acknowledged mm-hmm. and we have never adequately addressed. So let's own that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like let's own that we have a problem that we've been we just keep sweeping aside, tamping yeah. down, um, which is why it's, it's so explosive every time it happens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think, you know, we have to let that, you know, that out moment of outrage happen. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I am, I do, you know, I'm having these conversations with people that look like me too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I'm hearing, is I think the, the, the harder conversations are with people that look like me. Be <laughs> frank.
0: Yeah. Because
1: mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, when I'm listening to somebody, like, explain
2: mm.
1: why, you know, why the rioting is happening and why you know, I, I can actually get it. I mean, mm-hmm. we are a nation that began in revolution, right? You know, so people are that look like me especially down here in virginia a lot of them are outraged that that flags are being changed that statues are coming down and saying things like you know that's our history and um it's just a statue it's it's um you know it's not hurting anybody this nation began with tearing down statues and destroying property we we mm. tore down statues of King George. We threw King mm. George's tea into the ocean. You know, we rioted in the streets, mm. people that looked like me because we no longer wanted to be under British rule. This is how change happens because the status quo is, is really good at winning and it doesn't relinquish power until it's forced to, mm. to do so so Mm -hmm. much of the time i mean sometimes it happens slowly sometimes something is so undeniably better you know this is why gandhi and mlk and mother Teresa. you know those kind of movements are you know so powerful is because they had the patience Mm -hmm. to endure um and build something that was undeniably better Mm -hmm. um but you know Mm -hmm. again mlk did a lot of amazing work and and yet, here we are still. So, being mm. a little long-winded, but the, the, the problems that I'm having are, are with friends that look like me who are saying, you know, those guys are crooks. They're they're mm. bums, they're criminals. Um, you know, and I just point out, you know, that statues are memorials. Mm. They are celebrating something. And when you think about the history of Civil War monuments in the South, most of them went out in the 1960s. Mm. And it was to remind people of color that mm. the laws can change, but your position in this in 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 this society is not going to change. And I mean, they were erected to impose order and fear, and to
2: mm-hmm.
1: help sustain a corrupt, um, you know, a corrupt system that only favored, you know, one segment of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, And the thing, the the big problems that we have to overcome, I think, are can we stop playing the finite game Mm -hmm. of, you know, I have the most money, I win. I, you know, I, um, people that look like me get the better opportunities and the rest of you can bend for yourself. Can we play the infinite game where, everybody gets the point is to keep everybody in the game and let everybody succeed to the you know to their abilities mm-hmm. and then can we can we drop the fixed mindset that
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is this is the way we've always done it and this is the way we're going to continue to do it and can we have this growth mindset where where we think, you know, everything is okay the way it is but I think it could be better and can we again, you know, step into that possibility
0: yeah Hmm. Wow. Scott, what, what questions, I'll ask this a few ways. What questions do you feel like we're not asking um, in this conversation? Or what questions do you hear that you're like, oh, no, 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 Th- there's a better question to ask than the ones that maybe we are being distracted by in our conversations around, around culture?
1: I think, I, you know, I think the, the, the question really to one of your earlier comments is, what do we want? What do you want? You know, what does, what does, what does Black America, which is again, too, too big, right? It's but, really big. Yeah. I mean,
0: but, you <laughs> Every know. Every time somebody says that, I'm like, you know, that's a really diverse population you're talking about, Black America. And, you know, let's, I, I mean. The wicked problems come with
1: wicked questions, right? Ooh, say that again. The wicked problems, the problems that are really difficult to fix because they're very complex, um, they come with wicked questions. You know, why why is the prison system
2: Mm.
1: look the way it does? You know, why is it corporatized? Why is it made – why are the consumers – You know mostly black men why is that like that's a wicked question that we need to answer and we Mm. need to address because you know and are we willing to you know a question another question is are we willing to accept science Mm. instead of anecdotes Mm. you know this is a big problem with the conversations that I have with people that look like me is you know, well, my parents had a hard time. My parents were immigrants. You know, my parents, you know, didn't have two dimes to run up together, and you know, they made that they 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 sacrificed and worked for everything they had. Yes, mm. don't deny that your 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 parents or grandparents worked hard, but they didn't grow up in a, mm. in, a in 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 a, in conditions where their being precluded mm. from opportunity was systemized by. Mm. government where it wasn't legislated by the government um that's just different and can you know so can we can we accept fact can we accept science you know there is no good scientific or factual reason for why we have the disparity in income Mm -hmm. and imprisonment in housing in any of a number of things like let's you know can we can we start to talk about those questions mm-hmm. and and when the evidence points to the fact that what's happening right now is a reflection of tr- what's true are we willing to work together to change that
0: hmm there's a um, an organization that I'm uh, doing some work with and tried to frame where we're going <laughs> as developing this culture of curiosity and honor. Uh, Because I think not only in our conversations around culture as it relates to ethnicity, but this certainly happens with culture as it relates to sexuality or sexual orientation. Um, It's culture as it relates to political leading, it's culture as it relates to, you know, educated or not educated, rich or poor, whatever it is, it seems like as a culture, we have continued, not in every, every space, but certainly enough, continue to kind of plant seeds of uh, the fear of difference. Hmm. Um, And it's just something I think about a lot. And part of it's my personality, right? Because my personality is I'm just curious about <laughs> everything, right? I ask a lot of questions about a lot of things. And so when I meet someone that's different than me or thinks differently than me, my first response most of the time is curiosity. Almost like a, oh, look at that. You know, like I, I, if I sometimes I feel like I turn into a seven-year-old, right? When somebody comes into my space that that has a different thought or, or whatever. Um, and I'm just, sometimes I wonder what it takes to get to that point where, when we are met with uh, things, a thinking a lifestyle, whatever that is different than ours, when do we get to the point where we can be curious um, and even honor, particularly some of the most beautiful parts, uh, of of culture or thinking or or that kind of thing. I remember um, several years ago uh, during the election, the 2016 election. And I remember after the results came out of that election, um, I'll never forget, um, and this is not a political statement, it's just an experience. I'll never forget sitting in my living room and I, I stared out the window for about 15 minutes because that week we were about to, my husband and I were about to drive to uh, Indiana where his family lives, which means that we had to drive through Ohio, like it's a long drive, right? And I was thinking that morning because of some things I had seen during the political campaigns, my first thought was, are we gonna be okay? Based on my experience of of how I experienced the the the, the, uh, political campaigns. And so I remember feeling great fear And so what I did was I picked up the phone and I called one of my very good friends who votes very differently than I do. And I got on the phone with them and I said, Hey, I need you to talk me off the ledge. (laughs) All right. And I said, I just need you to tell me what matters to you. Like what matters to you that would then lead you to make this decision to to vote for this person or this way, or really any decision, right? What what matters to you that, and I I called this person and I called another person that I'm I'm in relationship with, um, but I didn't call them to cuss them out. You know, I didn't call them to, even though I was feeling deeply about some things, but I called them to say, just help me understand because I love you, right? And we're in relationship with each other so i respect you and honor you enough to ask you like give me some context what is it that i don't understand about someone like you that might make choices to do whatever it is right that was kind of my my first question so i guess my question to you is am i nuts uh or or is that not part of that smallest viable step is that an option in the smallest viable step to say where does my curiosity lie with this yeah.
1: well, you are speaking to something that you know it is what makes you so beautifully you which is you have this still the sense of wonder and awe and curiosity, like you're willing to look at something and say i don't understand and ask some questions and i think you know, human beings again, by bio- biological and evolutionary imperative, we are creatures that embrace the status quo. We are in love with certainty, even when, even when the status quo is not serving us. Mm. We like to know where we stand and what's expected. So you know, you see this in you know women that are in terrible relationships or people that are stuck in a job that they hate. It's mm. like, you know, I'm not leaving because it could. Definitely be worse, right? But mm-hmm. and we rarely think about the aspirational part. Or we and back off that a little bit. It's 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 something that through institutional education and mm-hmm. the way that society and the economy runs, where you know we are taught to be mm-hmm. compliant and to be satisfied with the way things are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that idea. You know the the phrase that I always use is Isn't that Isn't that interesting?
0: Mm, I love that What it
1: does Mm -hmm. is I'm present tense. I'm like, I'm in the moment. I'm asking a question. I'm invoking curiosity and I'm being specific about what I'm curious about. Yeah. And now I, so it's just for me saying out loud, isn't that interesting Mm Is a way of like pausing and not being like doing the default thing, which is value judgments. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, and, and strong emotion, negative emotional rabbit holes. Instead, I'm, I can pause, I can look at it simply as a, an event, mm. or, you know, look at the person just as a person
2: mm-hmm.
1: without the value judgment, without the strong emotional um, weight. And then I can lean in with, you know, to your point, with some questions and some curiosity. My experience with the election was not dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was surrounded, you know, I, I live in a community that, a county that voted for the Republican Republican, but there is a strong um, you know Democratic base here too.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: the county went to the Republican but we're almost evenly divided here. And so I was surrounded by Democratic friends who were in despair, who were in dis- just distress about what had just happened mm-hmm. and like what the implications of that were. Um, and my response oftentimes initially would bother them.
2: Mm. And
1: I'd say, you know, the people that voted for the Republican, mm. they thought that that was the right thing to do. They believe that that was the right thing to do. Mm. And there's, they have good reason for them based right. on their experience and belief. They they, they could cogently tell you
2: mm.
1: why they, they voted that way and why they think that that's the best um, person to, to mm. head our government, you know. But if you want to find out you'll have to ask
2: mm.
1: you know and in the george floyd situation i mean my immediate response is mm. you know after i sit with the despair
2: yeah
1: is to say you know both both individuals in that situation thought mm. they were doing the right thing mm. and you know maybe one of them is a sociopath i don't know <laughs> You know sociopaths and psychopaths are a very rare thing Mm. um you know what was it about the policeman's culture and training Mm -hmm. that that made him feel like that was the right thing to do um and so like having empathy for the person who i abhor Mm -hmm. and having empathy for the victim um allows me opens the door you know to possibility like to, to the idea that I don't actually know right. what's going on. So right. why would I leap to a conclusion? Mm-hmm. Why would I go decide, well, I'm going with that group or, or that group? Mm-hmm. Like to mm-hmm. sit with, you know, this is, I think, at the heart of what you're saying, to mm-hmm. sit with the uncertainty, to embrace it, and mm-hmm. to try to derive, you know, the lessons mm-hmm. that and the choices. the choices. Mm-hmm so that we can again together step into the possibility for better um better for you know everyone concerned i don't even know if i answered your question
0: no no you did you did that was that was really good um and i think again i think the this my my opinion but um you know we are the, the the external forces i think around people these days Uh, media and you know, print and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But these external things are forcing us as a culture to become very binary about how we see everything. Right? I mean, if it's not how we see um, issues related to culture and ethnicity, if it's not Wearing a face mask, not wearing a face mask. If it's not, I mean, everything is very binary. It's either this or it's that, and you know, I believe that we we've been created way more complex than we give each other credit for. Um, and, and I mean, talk about resistance. That is something that we must resist. Is um, the, the call to keep being binary. I mean, there are some things that we have hopefully agreed upon in a society that we we can be binary about right which is this is wrong (laughs) and Uh that is not okay right some things are just not okay and we it's okay to be binary about those things but i think that there are other nuances of things that call us into a much deeper connection with one another to try to figure out what is the next step into possibility right to create what we want to see in the future. It's, it's one of the reasons we, when we were talking about COVID, you know, early on, I'm like, I refuse to accept this phrase, the new normal. I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You know, cause I'm like, what that feels like to me and my personality is some six people somewhere on the globe decide what the new normal is and then hand it to us and say, here you go, people of the world. And I'm like, uh-uh, no. But like, we, we get to create what's next. So whatever's happening next is what we've created, <laughs> right? That, that we are part of building the next thing. And just the importance of resisting this binary approach to creation I mean, you and I both know as creative people, it's, it is not black and white. It's not binary. It's free form and it's improv and it's laughter and it's tears sometimes. And it's, you know, all of that in the creative process. And that is what is before us and available to us as we create the smallest viable step, uh, as a culture, even we get to create that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree that we tend to see things as this or that, instead of thinking, I mean, I think it's as simple as just putting the conjunction and
2: instead, Mm -hmm.
1: right? Like, Mm -hmm. yes, this, and. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I just finished reading a wonderful book um, by Natalie Nixon, called the Creativity Leap, which I highly, mm-hmm. highly recommend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she talks about she had her creativity. Her approach to creativity is to have a toggle switch be, between wonder and rigor, and I love mm-hmm. this this the way that she's framed this because a creative must have wonder. We we are stepping into the unknown. We are, you know, the act of creation is Mm -hmm. breaking what is to create something that has not yet existed. That's what creatives do. Creatives break things and make things.
0: Yes. Um, Ah, that needs to be on a (laughs) t-shirt. What do you do? I make, I break things and I make things.
1: (laughs) But If you're going to make something of value, if you're going and, you know, we make things to make, to, to make change happen,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. to
1: bring about transformation. And if you're going to create at that level, it mm-hmm. takes rigor. You have to be committed. You have to be resilient. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to take chances and accept risk. You need to be willing to collaborate. Um, you know, you need to be generous and do this work with and for others, and all you know, all of that. The other thing that com- comes to mind based on what you're saying is, you know, with the idea of things being binary, is it, I, everything that you were just saying to me. I mean it's brilliant because it points to the most important thing that we don't acknowledge often enough which is agency mm-hmm. we actually so we act a lot of the time like life is happening to us mm-hmm. and it's true mm-hmm. that we don't control mm-hmm. much of anything
2: mm-hmm.
1: but we control the only two things that are required for us to make sense of and influence Mm. what happens next. We control the quality of our thoughts and we control what we decide to do next. Mm. And so if we stop thinking this or that to your point Mm -hmm. and start to think, you know, this is, this is what it is, Mm -hmm. you know, again, objectively, no, you Mm. know, with, with some emotional detachment, and this is this is what I want next Mm,
2: mm -hmm.
1: we can then employ our 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 capacity for wonder our minds our capacity for reason to see the choices ahead in front of us and again to you know the thing that you keep hitting on what's the next what's the next best step Mm. that will move us all Mm -hmm. the furthest forward yes because when we do that we are now in a new situation now there's new challenges a new situation Mm -hmm. there's maybe new people but we have the ability to frame the situation see all the choices Mm -hmm. see the obstacles for what they are not as impenetrable impediments but as you know things that we need to work around over through or Mm -hmm. flip to our advantage and then we just you know again together we just keep um, employing this idea of what's now what's next what's now what's next and all along we had that vision that we talked about at the beginning like what's the world that we are actually trying to bring into existence a yeah. world where everyone mm. can explore what it means to be human what it means to be happy how can I be more of both how can i flourish to the my fullest capacity without interfering maybe mm. actually um assisting you in flourishing to the, to the um, best of your ability. Um, and, and again, it's it's you've you're speak, been speaking to it all day long. It's the commitment mm. to a process
2: mm-hmm. and to
1: an ap- approach of doing this work every single day and doing mm-hmm. it with and for each other, recognizing that there is just limitless potential and opportunity, not just for us, mm-hmm. but for everyone and yeah. that, you know, as good as things get, they can always be better. And we can, yeah. we can work on that together.
0: Yeah. That, I, I often like to encourage people, particularly in my work, just to remember that there is so much to learn about each other. I mean, you know, like sometimes I can't find my keys, you know? So in order for me to think like, why well, I know everything there is to know, you know, on earth and in the universe is ridiculous, if I can't find my keys. <laughs> right? So just that idea to say two of the uh, tools, if you will, that I try to equip people I work with, particularly when they hear something that is offensive to them. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't even know why it's offensive yet, right, but offensive or triggering is to look at somebody that they're either having a conversation with or, or whatever in relationship with and, and ask, the questions. um, Can you tell me more? Or how did that make you feel? Leaning into those things rather than which, you know, for all the good that social media is and does because it is, I think the way we engage in social on social media with each other around things that matter is starting to find its way out on the sidewalk and at the grocery store. And, you know, where if, if Scott, you were to say to me, you know, man, I really like blues music. And I said to you, I hate music. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. You know, you like. You might uh, have a
2: problem. <laughs> I, just, yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> trust me, that
0: would never come out of my mouth. Um, but, you know, like, but that's how we end up relating with one another is, it's like, I didn't even hear what you said, right? right? all i all i saw was how what you said impacted my world right so because in that point when we're having a connection and a conversation normal people hopefully um just say wow well, scott why do you like blues music so much and then you start to get into story and experience and that kind of thing and at that point it really doesn't matter if i hate music right because the point of connection is not what you talked about at the beginning of our conversation is not developing yet one more echo chamber, right? But if we were to look out into the world and into our circles and all the possibility that there is when our world and our work and our life is more diverse and rich and has more, uh, uh more perspective and more laughter and more craziness. And when we can say, look at all the stuff I have to learn, it seems like to me anyway, that um, those things can only get better. Not that they're not hard because they're still hard and living in a diverse country, a diverse America uh, is, it can be work for all of us individually. But I think the, the opposite of that, I I still have this belief in our country that um, that is not what we're trying to do. Like, I don't think most of us, there's certainly pockets, but most of us are saying, you know what I really want from America? I just want it to be so damn divided. Like if it could just be so divided, oh, what an awesome existence that would be. If we could just be racist and divided and hopefully you know the the majority middle that I call a a lot of us that that is not the kind of possibility the kind of world that we are trying to step into right hopefully it is something very different Um, but I think we need to continue to get curious about one another first in relationship with each other and then out into the world in order to see or in order to create
2: our normal (laughs)
1: I'll just share two last thoughts that come directly from are inspired by just what you just said. Um, as you know, one of the things that um, we say in the creative on purpose community is choose your story, choose your future. Yes. In addition to being social, rational and creative creatures, we're also creatures that make sense of the world through narrative, the narrative Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm telling myself a story about the world, Mm -hmm. telling myself a story about myself, Mm-hmm. In the world, I'm telling my, and then I see you, and you, you're telling yourself a story, and then I, I'm wondering, well, what's the story she's telling herself about me, and, um, you know, do I, is that the story I want her to be? So it's just like on and on and on, story, 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 mm. and, again, agency, you mm. can actually control the story. Like it's, I'm telling you, it's simple. It's just that mm. simple is never easy, and so you know, to your point about the fact that it's going to be hard. Mm. Have you ever achieved anything worthwhile? Or made something of value that Mm. didn't involve commitment Mm. and rigor? Mm. That's what makes it worth it because we are building identity and forging meaning by doing the work. And if we do that work together, we are building affiliation enrollment investment now we all are on the same journey and we have a vested interest yes in helping each other because that's the only way we both get to where we want to
0: go thanks for that (laughs) just brilliant as usual and if if you're watching um live or later um again this is my zen master scott perry uh (laughs) Who uh, has just been? And, and let me just say this directly to you, because um, I just I want to bless you, in my language, um, is I am convinced that I would not have as much clarity around what I do, how I do it, um, had it not been for your guidance and coaching in my life. So if anybody is is watching and you are just saying, I need somebody to help me think through some things and push me into the next beautiful step of my endeavor, my my stepping into possibility. I just highly recommend Scott and his work. Um, Very uh, encouraging while also um, not afraid to push when you need to push, um, but also just very safe. Um, And again, which is I think why we can have conversations about uh, culture.
1: Well, you're pointing to something really important, but before I say that, um, I have told you many, many times how much I just adore working with you and the conversations that we have. But, you know, I am so proud of the work you do because it is so brave and generous, and you are putting yourselves in situations where, you know, you are very, very vulnerable, but you are standing up and, you know, speaking your truth. And you know, just absolutely present, wide eyed, listening, curious, and what you were saying earlier about you know, the curiosity and like going deeper. Like, when we ask a question, a, a, a hard question, an important question, the first answer somebody gives is not usually the real answer, it's <laughs> you know, we want to again, we're telling ourselves a story. About ourselves and we want to make sure that we look good so we want to it's like well how does she want me to answer that story so I'll tell her an answer based on that what I hope she wants to hear and so that that ability and you spoke to this a little bit and what else mm. like tell me more mm-hmm. um, so important and so I want to thank you for bringing that point up like the conversation. We're not going to have just one conversation. We're not going to just answer one question.
2: Mm-hmm. We're going to
1: answer one question many times, and then we're going to move on to the next question.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the things that I promised myself when you and I decided to have these conversations is one of the things I want to do as you know a, a, a person of my culture is to prove that I can have a conversation with somebody that doesn't look like me. Mm-hmm. And I can say stupid, uninformed stuff, not because I'm a bad person, just because there's things I'm ignorant of, there's thing, things I'm unaware of. Am I, you know, There will be stupid stuff that comes out of my mouth. There will be things that I said today that offend some people. That is not my intention, but that's just the human experience. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. all responding mm-hmm. based on our experience and beliefs. But if, you know, if we can, to your point that you've come to again and again and again, if we can be a little less judgmental
2: mm.
1: and a, a little bit more considerate, if we can be a little less certain mm. and a little bit more curious, we will arrive at better answers. And when we make mistakes, we'll learn from them and we'll be able to make, you know, we'll get a little further, make a little additional progress the next time. Mm. And that's what, you know, I, I think that the important thing for me with these kind of conversations that I hope more people will have is there are no absolute right answers
2: mm-hmm. but
1: you know what we're searching for is better answers or at least all right answers for right now and mm-hmm. you know can we continue to be engaged knowing that we are not defined by the mm-hmm. worst thing we said or the worst mistake we made but we are defined by our aspiration to yeah. make things better together
0: Thank you, Scott. You're so very welcome. Where can people find you?
1: If you go to creativeonpurpose.com, you can learn all about all the stuff that I'm doing. Um, But please, if you do go, grab a copy of Stepping Into Possibility, which is three questions that will help Mm -hmm. you embrace uncertainty and navigate adversity and endeavors that make a difference. Um, And there's a workshop that goes along with that every two weeks that you're welcome to join as well. How about you?
0: Me? Well, you can always find me at Nikki Uh, everything I do is right there. So we just put out a new record, which I'm excited. It, uh, technically is live July the 10th. Yay. I'm so, so proud of, of it.
1: I've heard some tracks already and it yes! is brilliant. And so I love the uplifting. I feel like I'm a big fan of like the impressions, you know, and, um, you know, what used to be called soul music when I was yeah. coming up, um, yeah. And you know, when I hear your stuff, it's it's a fresh take <laughs> on the music that I really loved, which was mm-hmm. you know kind of uplifting.
0: Mm-hmm. you know,
1: life is hard, but we can make it. Um, and, and I love the way that your music does just what you do in in your work as a coach. you're you're taking tough tough things head on and saying, I think I think we're gonna be all right. I love it. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Scott. And thank you for those of you watching live or later. Uh, thanks for hanging in with there with us, and uh, we'll let you know when the next conversation is going to happen next week. All right. So we'll see you guys live. Bye. You, okay.
2: That, that,
1: that, was a, that was a long half hour. It
0: was. <laughs>